That's no moon. Hello there, and welcome to That's No Moon, episode 26, which means for those of you who are good at maths, one whole year of podcast. Uh, that means that some people have been listening to us for one whole year on every other week, more or less, uh, which one, fair play to you, two, what's wrong with you, three, thank you very much. Uh, I'm joined today with our two usuals, plus our video man and, uh, and the guest who speaks for the everyman. I'll talk, but we'll introduce him shortly. Firstly, I will introduce the video man, the man, the mystery, who is running an event in a couple of weeks in High Wycombe at Tabletop Republic. His name is Tom Smithy Smith. Woo! Hiya. It's such an underwhelming hiya to what I've just said there. <laughs> Hiya. There we go. How have you been, Tom? Yeah, pretty good, mate. How are you? Good. Oh, you know, plod along. Thank you. Plod along. Settled into the house. Look, guitar behind me looks pretty cool with the paintings. And blah, blah. <laughs> Not that I get to decide. That's great for an audio uh, format. I know. I'll, maybe I'll take a screenshot of where I might have my setup later and everyone can go, ooh, that looks crap. Um, moving on. Let's go to the man, the myth, the dog eater. Of March, it is Andy. I like to eat Joawa's Terrell. Why am I March? Oh, uh, it's not. Oh, it's not March, Peterborough. It's the, it's the Fens. It's March not. Is, <laughs> no, well, March, we are in the Fens. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say March is in the Fens, but it just sounded. It worked with the, the alliteration of the double M. Fair enough. How it completely how awful. Yeah, I'm really good, man. How are you? Good, good. How's uh, dog life treating you? Or well, dog diet uh... treating you? Yeah, she's fine. She's uh, just chewing just everything at the moment. So, yeah. If you, if be, got... it, T- takes who, after her owner already, then. I was about to say, <laughs> who, who is, who's brave enough to say, and what about the dog? <laughs> like, I was waiting for so like that. Yeah, I know. It's just, I'm, I'm not, because your, your other half will punch me in the face. It's fine. <laughs> um, so, and then la- lastly, of the usual crew, we have the man, the, ma- uh, the man of the, the most northern sounding person who's ever been to a private school ollie dyer sorry oliver dyer hello <laughs> when we later on we have one of our little thing one of the little subjects the topic will be like oh one of our favorite moments of the year and i'm going to spoil a spoiler alert you saying most qualified person of the people in in, in, a, in a show and one of them was a teacher mate was it would be the one of the highest up there and then you maintain. Then we found out it was actually went to art school. Well, no, that, I, I, what merely I went to boarding school for sixth form. So that's yeah. that's where the poshness comes from, not the university. If you're still trying to be posh at university, yeah, don't talk you could you could have said it with a bit more of a posh accent. All I'm hearing, <laughs> all I'm hearing is retraction and rollback here. We'll oh, this back, is this we'll is this is not retraction. You're uh, you're common you're common as Mark. <laughs> I'm not going to deny that's fine. <laughs> uh, lastly, we have a guest. And as I said, he was representing the everyman. Because one of the subjects on this uh, today's show, being a year and all this, is touched, touched on something that we had on the previous show with our Q&A. And we, it was about like what the a new player or a returning player might want to see, hear, and do, or how they could pick up tips in Legion. So representing the everyman, he is everyman's everyman, Adam Fielden. Howdy doody, how we doing? I am big enough to represent every man as well, so I have the same mass. Which I mean, if, if you're for those of you who don't know Adam, if you picture a, a, a rugby player uh, who ate another rugby player, um, yeah, maybe that's a fair fair statement. And gravity I mean, has not been kind. 
you, I mean, I'm neither not, of I, us are slim blokes here now. Let's no, be no, honest. <laughs> no, no, no. But I, I, I feel like I'm, I, I completely agree. But at the same time, as like I knew that if I didn't make that joke, Adam would. So therefore, he'd get the props of the joke. Props. No pun intended. Yeah, exactly. See, rugby. There we go. Uh, so, Adam, for those of you, uh, you, some of you will have met Adam. He's been to MKGT this year. He has played a few other little mini tournaments, but he is a returning player who not necessarily plays as in the super the super competitive in the same way maybe uh, Andy Oli myself might play or well, actually I'm not even counting myself Andy Oli in that one uh, he's more of the uh, then you've got the casual side of stuff which is myself and Tom he's more of the newer returning player so therefore any questions he might have that might help uh, those who are new and or returning players to get into the game and or go oh yeah I want, always want to know that so that's the idea but first off uh, first we say a big thank you to our patron supporters of which there are many. Uh, I've, and we didn't put a shout out last time, so I'm going to do the, the most recent subscribees since uh, September. So Kevin Alexander, Annabelle Torres, Joshua Picaro, Dom Leadham, Matthew Reed, ASG. I'm going to assume you didn't want to have your name out there, but I'll just say ASG. You know who you are. Elliot Kimpton, uh, thank you very much. Your love and support is much appreciated. Um, uh, and your heart stuff, really. So thank you very much. And if you are interested in supporting us and what we do, uh, please head over to patreon.com forward slash that's don't pod or TNN pod. Can't remember what it is now because I just can't remember. Um, and yeah, yeah, you can find out how to support us and you can join our wonderful Discord community uh, where we chat about uh, one of the favorite things that has been recently chatted about is Nav. Uh, not specifically Nav, but Nav's um, pro Lego project. He's been building, uh, building a Lego Venator uh, from Star Wars, obviously. Um, and posting it there. We also played a little game at one point, which has sort of died a death now because it was where's where's what Ollie? Because we all wanted to find out where Ollie lived in the sunny town of Northampton. Not sunny at the moment, I imagine, but there we go. And other things like that. We also do talk Legion uh, because well, that's what we do. We have, and then you can reach out to any of us about asking for tips and tricks on lists uh, and all that kind of all that jazz. One, um, yeah, that's where you can go from there. Uh, but failing that, you can also watch our videos. Tom, what is what have we been producing? What has what has the video man himself, plus one of them, been producing recently? Tell us. Um, so we've had a bunch of battle reports uh, that have been going up, um, and I decided that we should try and go back to uh, the roots that we we when we first started, which was trying to make some videos for uh, newer players and to try and help people with parts of the game that are maybe a little bit more difficult um, so we've made videos on how to make a table uh, why you need to take force push how to use infiltrate and I wanted to go and tr like a lot of people on Facebook in particular have a lot of list building based questions and uh, there doesn't seem to be that many videos on how to do it and why you would make your choices so I thought it would be an interesting It'd be an interesting thing for us to to have like to to show us building lists so i made one with how i would build a rebel list um and why i would make the choices that i did which is up on our youtube at the moment um then cockles you did one on uh republic uh, and how to make how you like to make a republic list um, and the choices that you make and why uh, including like everything down to the battle deck, the command cards, um, all the different options that you can use. Um, 
And then I'm hoping that at some point Andy will make one for the CIS and Ollie might make one for the Empire. Ollie is a little bit technologically uh, disabled, so uh, I'll probably end up doing that, or Andy might do it. But then we'd like to get some some guests on with how how they like to make lists and things like that, and just try and make it more of a discussion um, that helps those newer players with that area of the game that's a little bit tricky. Like you know, just a lot of little tips like not having to fill up all of your upgrade slots, things like that. Like those important things that take a lot of like you know it takes all of us doing it to learn not to do it so if we can pass on that information then hopefully it makes it easier for for other people something i'm willing to do is like what well, i'm not willing to but something that would be quite cool is to have a newbie slash inexperienced slash non-competitive player have a sit down and chat with one-to-one with say andy or himself tom whatever and then say this is what i want i want to do it with the list and say Pick a focus piece and then help build a list around it. Go from there. So that might be something quite fun, Andy. Um, yeah. So my I'm gonna do two videos quick um, and record them quite quickly um, because it kind of covers what was recently asked. Um, I had a recent friend and she is very inexperienced and asked for help building a gun line um, and avoiding any force users. Um, so. Um, I kind of whipped together because I kind of asked this the similar kind of approach I asked most people when I, they ask for help with list building and they don't know where to start. Um, obviously, she's identified that she wants a gun line. So then I've gone, okay, well, do you want a, a vehicle as your key focus piece? Because that's obviously the other option or you can just go full troops. So I I, I, I went, pieced together a um, clones um, saber tank list um, as a pure gun line. And I said the weakness of this list is, and highlighted it, and like kind of did a quick breakdown for her. And then um, I did the exact same for um, an Empire gun line, um, and so there's pros and cons for both of them. Um, and uh, so yeah, my two videos are gonna uh, be um, highlighting them two lists. Uh, I probably do apologise um, for the London lot who uh, will be put through the reps of them two lists. Um, when she starts playing it. I know she's inexperienced and not very good, um, but um, she is learning um, a gun line, so maybe it's not as good as normal. Sounds good. Ollie, anything to add on there? No, I, I don't necessarily think so. I'm, uh, I'm dabbling into some slightly different lists at the moment, which I'm sure we'll go over at some point in the cast. But um... Yeah, you, you said in the pre-bit, I was like, what? 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 Anyway. what? 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 <coughs> Calm down, she- cockle Cal- Sheila Brovlosky. I was about to say, shut up, <laughs> Carl's mum. Anyway, so uh, so yeah, so we've got that. So and and uh, as we say, Tom's been producing some videos and doing all that sort of stuff. So we're going to go back to our roots with some helping the the everyman, Adam. Um, obviously, this is where you would come in. Uh, that sort of thing. I assume that would be something you would find helpful. Absolutely. I mean, I think for me. Coming back to Legion, one of the big things I struggle with is there are a lot of cool units. Um, at the moment, I'm running uh, droids. Uh, do I go with someone like Maul, who I think is just awesome? Is it rule of cool? I, it's it's balancing uh, something like using tank as a centerpiece with a force user as well. Um, I, I think that would be really good because I'm finding droids a little bit difficult to pilot. And really, as a returning player, as someone new, um, I think it's 
quite important to have a good your bread and butter right before you start trying to get get too involved. But I think you do need a centerpiece. So be interested to hear your thoughts. Cool. So uh, oh, go on, Ali. I was just, just going to jump straight in. Um, I think the centerpiece should usually be your rule of call, um, especially for um, players like yourself who are just joining or coming back or just wanting to kind of get into the game. Pick the thing that you like the most um, and then kind of pad around it. And you might find that, um, for instance, I love Maul as a character, but I am absolutely shocking with him and I cannot play him for love nor money. And it really frustrates me because I did an okay for paint job or a fantastic one compared to Ollie's. Um, but <laughs> um, it's... Uh, oh, so have, it, you got an, have, you got, have you got an award-winning Maul? <laughs> no, oh, just, just, just out of interest. Do you? No. no, no. no. Oh, all right. You best, you best shut up then. <clears throat> my, my, my blizzard. I'll have you know. Your own blood, though. So, it's, it's, hey, <laughs> blood, sweat, blood, sweat, and tears went into the making <laughs> of that, of that, of that award. Sorry, of that painting award-winning army. As we've established, a public vote not always in any context, not always the best thing in any situation. So <laughs> let's, all, let's also be honest; it was the only award he was winning at that event. The rest of his uh, uh, skills weren't showing up either. No, that's fine. <laughs> I, was, I, 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 I was just saving myself to win the event that was twice the size. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, going back to helping Adam out, I think stick start with your rule of call you might find you can't either a figure out how to use him or you don't like it um, and then when you're playing against someone there say they're playing palpatine you're like well what's the equivalent of that in my faction and then you can kind of go down that route um but definitely start with the rule of call um and then just work your way out from there and as long as i this day and age especially for a new player if you, as long as you've got eight activations and i've already said that from day one that you'll be able to at least give someone a run for their money when you're playing. It might not be the most efficient list, but a new player will then, you can learn from that against more experienced people. They can go look, because um, I had a list someone submitted to me today going, oh, what can I do about this? And we basically dropped a load of useless upgrades and he got a whole extra activation in. And that then just peaked the whole list. It takes it from like a, a five or a six straight up to like an eight or a nine um, and like tens when in high-end players. And he saw all the reasons why. He just, coming from a 40k background, um, he just had upgrades in every single slot on the expensive units. Um, and that's the first thing I always advise people not to do. So touching on that, obviously, Adam, I know you from I know you from life. Uh, I know you from such things as. Um, you've come from, uh, you play other games. Um, so give us a little bit of background and then there'll be a follow-up question so give us some background so i started playing kind of miniature games when i was about nine nine years old uh 40k second edition the uh, very basic uh starter thing with the gray marines monopose uh i think the orc dreadnought in there was a cardboard cutout which you put on a little plastic base which was bizarre and i really liked that i got frustrated because i'm a bit of a perfectionist when it comes to painting and i was rubbish and they looked like I had lipstick and a black eye, and it was weird. Um, I really enjoyed that. I found it quite a complicated game, and I left it for a long time for no other reason, really, than it was quite expensive. Uh, as a young person trying to uh, play what essentially became a play-to-win game at one stage, you had uh, Games Workshop making models, then you had Forge World making others, which were more powerful. So if you had some money, you could probably do quite well in tournaments because you uh, could go that direction. 
Um, and it was you who introduced me into Legion. And uh, I thought, I'll have a go, just because I like Star Wars. I bought the uh, initial starter box with the with the bikes, with Vader, started uh, my Empire Army. Loved it. Absolutely loved it. And the reason I think I fell out initially was because I wasn't being able to play enough games. I couldn't commit the time to learn the game properly. And I kind of took myself out of it for a while. Um, I said a lot of 40k stuff kicking about. And I started up with 40k again. Uh, I had a job by that time, so I could actually start to buy some miniatures and not use little cardboard cutouts or, you know, little pieces of paper that I identify as a tank and stuff like that. And um, once again, came back to Legion because, quite honestly, I think the community and the culture for Legion are really good, particularly on the competitive stage. Um, having played the uh, LGT in London for 40k, there are lots of people who take 40k incredibly seriously, and they. I mean, before you say that, have you met Ollie? I he have, takes, but I'm not playing. He's incredibly serious. But the fact that we're already talking about helping new people, I think, is quite good. But when you go to somewhere like LGT, there you will come across games there where there's a lot of gotcha moments so you know yeah you're happily playing along and say hey i've got a stratagem that's going to do this and then best laid plans of mice and men all completely gone you had no idea about it and that's it um you've got armies there which will completely blow you off the board turn one and it kind of ruins the whole game for you what i found with legion and what i really like about legion and one of the main reasons i've come back is that people stand with you at the start of the game and talk through their army, and this has got this upgrade, and that's going to do that. And I've got this. I mean, obviously, apart from your command cards, which you obviously a bit more private with, hopefully. I've got a question about that later, actually. Um, but it's so much more welcoming. I mean, it wasn't just going out in the evening after MKGT and having a few beers. It's just the whole culture. People are much happier. Um, I remember coming up to see you at one of the LGTs playing uh, Legion and looking down at the pit, I called it in the end, where all the uh, 40k players were. And you could just see pit, that the whole culture... Pit the is whole... a good word for that. Pit yeah, a good word. I'd say Especially it is. the smell that was coming up from it as well. Yeah, and the little green pungent kind of smoke that was on top. Um, Nurgle was definitely there. But yeah, the, the, cult, the culture for me really brought me back. And to be fair, since I came the first time, the standard of miniature in Legion has improved considerably. Um, I've still got some of the like kind of almost soft plastic stuff from the uh, start set, but now some of the new stuff is really very good and um, it's quite encouraging, really. So I'm pretty much set. I'm pretty much going all in. So and uh, yeah, and then hence we have you as the as the return. So um, obviously, I, I, I say I've known you for a while, Andy, Ollie, Tom. I've met you very like when the social night out of the MKGT uh, this year and things. And as you say, you you touched on it. I'm glad you did that. The community spirit and the the personal personality and general likableness of our of our community is there. Don't get me wrong; there are some bits where just that's something that can like pipe down a little bit. But it's generally we're all very nice, lovely, happy, jolly, friendly people. Um, let's kick the other way for a second. I'm going to go uh, over to Ollie. If you were a, a new player, if you sorry, as an experienced player, what do you th- find is um, always helpful to inform the newer? newer players when you say you know you're going to a tournament and you like put round one to round two you just have to be like ah oh, i've got someone who's played not a lot of games uh i know i'm probably going to win but what do you think is the best thing to 
to do with the new players as an experienced player first. I'm going Remi- to flip it the other way around. It's more reminding them of what their stuff does. You know, if they're making a if they're making a, a push for something, and then they forget quite an obvious quite an obvious rule, um, then you should go and you know are you going to do this? <clears throat> you know, it's it's not a case of just like throwing the game away for yourself. Um, and again, I think that the the vast majority of learning will come after the game when I get to sit down with them at the end and just go, here's what you could have done on this turn, here's what you could have done here, um, and this is what I think you know you, you should you should be gunning for. But you know, it's just it's little bits and bobs like you know if you if you get a new clone player, reminding them that they get tokens at the start of the turn for certain units. Um, you know, just reminding them to make sure they're putting all of their correct orders out from their card. Um, and yeah, it's just it's that th- there's a fine line between coaching and giving advice, I think. And I think the giving advice will likely come at the end of the game, but just being very open and honest at the start of the game, saying this is what this unit is, this is what this unit has, this can do this, this can do this, this can do this, this can do this. As long as you've explained that to your opponent, um, I think that's generally fine. And then tactically, you should probably sit down with them at the end of the game. I'd agree with that, really. Sorry, I'm just going to jump in there. Um, I think it's quite interesting because uh, quite often I've played Tom and he's uh, said, oh, what keywords has that unit got? And it's that kind of thing that I forget about. I'm caught up with doing, hang on, I've got two actions here. What do I need to do? Um, it's quite interesting that 40K has gone down the route of uh, keywords and things like that as well and unit cards. Um, I don't know if it's copied Legion, but it's definitely a plus for the game as far as I'm concerned. But yeah, definitely, I find it really useful when playing more experienced player when they say, actually, you've got that on your card, remember to do this. And I know, I know I'm not going to be winning many tournaments for a little while, so as part of the learning curve, that really helps. And it's something that really keeps me in the game and I think would attract more players. Yeah, I, I want to uh, echo like Ollie's advice. That's that's kind of what I had um, in LGT the first round. Like we had, uh, I had a newer rebel player, and uh, like it wasn't coaching. There was like times when he'd give out his his orders with the command card, and would try and order like an MK2 with his order. And uh, it's just little things like reminding, like oh, you know, you've got a um, you've got the, uh, the completely spaced on the keyword there but where you order the vets which gives it to the uh, coordinates which gives it to the to the mark two and like things like reminding you that you have defend so you get the free token um so yeah i think i think it's really important as existing players for us to just kind of almost nurture those newer players and i'm, I'm sure that andy you probably have that quite a lot through through running the mk tournaments over the years and uh, but I think that's that's massively important, and I found it helpful when I was a newer player as well. Yeah, I think you're spot on. It's it's just they might not remember every single thing, so it's re- helping them remember all their triggers. Um, it's like, oh, um, don't forget, you've got two actions or this, that, and the other. And um, I think uh, for me as well, when I played uh, last time at UK Games Expo, Game one, the the guy was like, "Oh yeah, this is like my fourth game ever," and I'm like, oh, "All right, fantastic!" And we're playing Hemden Payload. Now we're at a tournament, and they're 
is still the flights are on the line kind of approach. So I still was like, okay, well, I will secure my payload and stop his. Um, That's my objective. I know he can't win this because of its payload hemmed in. And he didn't know, obviously, that's a really bad thing to play, yada, 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 because he's a new player. But what I did do is once I knew my payload was safely on its way, um, I then was like, yeah, do this, do that. And I was helping him do the most optimal moves after I had secured my victory. So as, as Dave Grant always says, oh, I nearly helped him beat me. <laughs> um, now, I didn't say, oh, you should be targeting um, my uh, one unit B1s that were escorting my payload that he'd been completely ignoring. What I did do was he was like, oh, I'm going to shoot that unit. And I'm like, well, you can take an aim. Or what you could do is you could move here and then shoot and you'll get me out of cover. So it's helping him with them kind of decisions and which one is the best uh, decision for that moment in time. And you hope basically that they're paying enough attention that they then reuse that thing. Go, oh, well, uh, in that previous game, that guy told me to move and shoot and get an open cover shot is better than taking an aim and shoot. Um, and it's that kind of helping the and not you are holding their hand, but you're you're still doing it at a competitive level. Um, and I think that's probably something that Legion does that other tournaments don't do um, with helping people. So I forgot what I was going to say. I was just somewhat distracted. I missed a couple of the key points, but I've been caught up with this. So because because some of us had, had my child decided to sort of invade and sing into my microphone, so I was muted. Um, Adam. You have a few questions that you prepared, quote unquote. Uh, would you like to fire them at us? And you can pick each person randomly for one, or we can all answer together. You choose. I I, I like the collective hive mind, actually. Um, I had a few. I jotted them down. Some of them are quite situational. Um, other others are a bit more a bit more general. But I'll go with the general ones first. Um, if one of my big ones is if I was going to introduce someone to a new game, they don't have a huge amount of time to dedicate to it. And they wanted a faction which was fairly easy to pilot straight off the bat. What would you recommend as kind of the faction, the go-to faction? I mean, in 40k, generally people go with Space Marines. That's kind of your bread and butter, really. And then you start branching out into more niche kind of armies. What would you say would be the the easiest to pilot for for a beginner? I think it it kind of comes down to to what, what your most into um like the the ease of the piloting depends on on how you build the list but i think if you were to do something like buy one of the battle force boxes it gives you a much easier entry into the game and then you've almost got a list in a box so if you start with like the echo based defenders as an example you've got enough to run an 800 point list in a box and then you can kind of progress from there and i think all of them can be quite meta example being ollie with his blizzard force but i think there is a way to have them as an easier to pilot list to start the game out um so that's where i would start but ollie what what are you saying so there are there's a case of of working out what are the highest skill level pieces within the game Um, and i think if you're a starting out player and you want to learn the rules as best as you can and get the most out of the game, I think avoiding force users for the first little while is the way to go, Um, as most force users are such time-dependent 
um, pieces on the table. Um, because if you make one wrong one wrong move with them, you've lost a quarter of your available points. Um, so I think, especially for newer players, I know it's really cool to use the Force user, and that's great, and everyone wants to have fun with them. But, but if you're looking to grow and win games with them, um, I think you need to learn the basics of like the troops and the shooting and that set of keywords first before you jump into the higher skill level pieces such as um, the Force user lists. Uh, go on Andy, I was going to say jump in, but you go first. My answer is just Empire. Um, because it's a very simple army. It's just aim, shoot, um, most of the time. Um, everything that is synergizes with it, like shore troopers, you give them an order, they get an aim. The command cards give out aims. Um, it's a very kind of aggressive, just shoot, I want to shoot stuff off the table as a very simplistic point to the game. Um, it's got red saves, so it can help them mitigate their mistakes early on. Um, so if you're playing droids or uh, rebels, um, they can lose games just by playing white saves. But with red dice, if they're rolling hot, um, then you can win a game off of that. Um, you might not know that, but you can. Um, so I think like just to get the basics of the game, there's not many keywords on a lot of Empire units as well, um, compared to if you say like clones. They're still red saves, but they have a lot of keywords associated with them, which make them kind of a higher level to, of entry um, if you're looking for a newbie person. And I'm going to kind of echo what Andy was going to because I was going to literally say Empire's the starting faction just because of the red saves. I would I'd argue that Empire first, because and the fewer keywords, and then it's simple walk-up shoot. You don't have to take a force user to make them really, really good. They have other alternatives and they have some other really really good units and if you want to just have a really big heavy in terms of an atst or that weird tank that i forget the name of then go for it and then use those troops around it then <clears throat> then i'd say it's for me in terms of difficulties empire then probably maybe i think then rebels I, it, some people might say what about republic and droids i'd say the reason not that is because droids because the order control is there and republic because the whole fire support stuff it's all a bit weird but rebels next would be mine um <laughs> yeah so the rebels next then take your pick your poison between the uh the clone wars factions i, I think if the person is coming from a war gaming background then i think you can look at the um glad uh, not civil war uh, clone war era um because they come with them keywords and someone who's coming from a war game background will be used to kind of something a little bit more complicated but if it's someone's like oh, I've never got into Wargaming before and I just want to play, then yeah, definitely stick with Civil War eras to kind of get them interested. Unless they obviously have their heart set on it, then you just got to kind of admit that, just give them a pre-warning that the learning curve might be a slightly steeper if they go with a Clone War era faction than a Civil War. Yeah, so. yeah. I'll admit to being quite disconcerted when starting out with droids where you've got lots of white saves but also white shoot. So you feel like you're not very good at anything. You don't feel like you're impacting the game much because you're not great at shooting, uh, you know, shooting white dice and you're, you know, you, you're losing bodies right, left and center at it. Although kind of, they're a bit of a meat shield as far as I'm concerned. And, you yeah. know, they're there to, to swamp objectives. It's a little bit disconcerting as a new player, someone who's new to the faction to see that happening and you feel like you're not doing a good job. So 
and I think that goes back to why I think uh, picking a red save army for a, a brand new beginner to the game, or at least when you're demoing or getting them to try the game, get helps them more um, than the white saves because especially with droids because they they they're the worst of all worlds. But like with rebels, obviously it's uh, at least they can shoot, so they they feel like they they've got some impact punch on the game. Punch them die. They punch them die. Yeah, which at least uh, one thing that is amazing about Legion is the theme. Um, you know, like as you said, droids can swarm onto objectives, and it is hard to shift them. Um, but they're not doing a lot at the same time. It, obviously, they are, but they're to a new player, it doesn't look like it. Um, rebels can shoot, but they are going to die. Empire, they're not the greatest of shots, but they have large dice pools to kind of make up for it, and are a little bit sturdier to die. Um, and then clones are just your elite faction, um, <laughs> and I think the theme of it is always fantastic. I, the I clone, think a, I think a part of of you know picking up what you said with with starting with with clones uh, with uh, droids being a little bit you know disheartening. I think it comes down to to like how you learn to play the game as well. Like if you're just picking it up and splitting a core set and playing with your mate, just reading the the rule book, then you probably are going to be a little bit of a you know fish in a barrel sort of situation. Whereas if you if you find somewhere like War Games Workshop, Tabletop Republic, like one of those local stores that has someone who is willing to teach you the game. Like I know when I teach people, I try and kind of tailor my list a little bit. So it's not just, oh, you're going to play droids. Well, I'm going to take a, an efficient red save gun line as an example. And like, you know, you, you tailor that experience so that you're not just lose after, like loss after loss after loss, like so that you, you do have that positive experience. Like nine times out of 10, when I play someone who's never played before, they're going to win because they're going to have a positive like imprint of the game and they're going to enjoy it and they'll see what actually worked as opposed to me going, oh, well, I can see they're moving up their droids. I'm going to, I don't know, throw something with a comms jammer in there or, or you know, or whatever. So I think I think that's pretty huge is, is us as players who already know the game, if you're teaching someone new, is to almost tailor your list to be something that's more accommodating and don't don't take it as oh I want an easy win on a Tuesday night. Do you know what I mean? I think it's I think that's quite don't, important. Don't pad, your, don't pad your stats, don't pad your stats. Um so that's how, yeah, new faction stuff. What else have you got on your little list of queries? Well one of the other things is um I get quite a niche question and it came came to me because it happened at MKGT and we talked earlier about the culture being really positive in um, in Legion, and I had a situation whereby uh, Cad, one of Cad Bane's tokens. Yeah, you know I was going to bring this up. So one of Cad Bane's tokens is uh, is a bomb. Uh, forgive me for being very basic about it's my description. Kablamo. Kablamo. That's the one. It had an exclamation mark, and that's what I can remember. Anyway, he uh, one of my units set off this what what the, it went close to the uh token and it was activated it turned out to be the blank one i was like yay because it was turn one he said oh actually that was supposed to be that was supposed to be the club ammo um and because mkgt really friendly tournament it was the first game where do you draw the line between kind of being friendly and gamesmanship you know i thought that was a difficult situation and I let him get away with it because I'm just such a nice guy. But at what point do you feel that 
you have to make a bit of a firm stand. Now, just to cut in, for reference, Ollie has left the room. This would have been a brilliant question for him, but I, I, but he, I think his answer would have been correct, despite even even as blunt as it may be. But uh, Andy, I see you smiling. I'm gonna go with you first. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's a hard one. Um, a, you don't want to be a dick. Like, I think that's the biggest crucial thing. Um, I think how you always word your response is the important thing. Um, and letting them swap it, mm, okay. T.O. standing in going, nah, I ain't liking that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but if it's a friendly choose night game, fair enough, um, definitely. When it's tournament, there is a point of no return for me as a player when you're playing me and it's kind of does it have an impact on the rest of the board state you swap in um that uh, token round changes the board state completely because you're you've now walked onto it all right you don't know what it is it could be cat it could be the farm or whatever but you by him swapping it it does change the board state if someone goes oh i've forgotten all my independence i'm like and we're four activations in i don't care like chuck them out like <laughs> if i've shot the unit and you've got a retinue um and you go oh i would have taken a dodge i'm kind of that's where i kind of draw a line i'll be like you can have the dodge but you can't spend it um because obviously i think that's you either a being retroactive and kind of being gamey or b you take the one that doesn't benefit you right then so i'm still giving you a token but i'm not letting you have that dodge and it I was playing on the Invader League knockouts uh, on Sunday night. Um, I was playing against a guy playing Maul. I played Palpatine's two pip. Um, so he, if he for, for for yourself, if you get to pick a unit the enemy activates, if he doesn't make an attack, you gain four suppression. Now most Shadow Collective Maul players will go move. Even non Shadow Collective Maul players will go move, move, standby because he jumped into the enemy line. You take in a standby because if the enemy disengages, you can re-engage and stay safe. Um, or if someone decides to punch you, you can then punch back. So it gives you lots and lots of options. Um, so he did that, and I said, and he was like, oh, move, move, standby. I'm like, you're taking a standby, right? And he was like, yes. And I was like, right. You now gain force suppression, which means you lose your standby. And he was like, oh, uh yeah and i and i was like he was you could see that same process you're going through like and this is a competitive level online um where you're playing at and he said oh if i'd known that i would have done uh, i would have attacked and i said no i'm like you're not having that back um that changes the game completely so he was like oh could i take a dodge and i was i was too lenient <laughs> if he listens um i apologize but I, I let him take the dodge because that still gave him the force oppression. So it didn't change the game state massively. Um, but yeah, to me, that's the important thing. Does it change the game state there and then? Um, let people take back the, uh, like, forgotten tokens. Oh, I forgot to give out all my surges and independence. Yeah, just take them. Have them for free. But swapping token like a position of a unit or something? No, for me. <laughs> No, that's fair. For, for, for the record, uh, it basically took out a snipe team, uh, so I lost the whole activation from it as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that, that's why I brought it up, really, because I mean, like I say, I but didn't may... want to be a dick, but Ollie, for your context, as you left the room, the question was, what do you do if, if you think that, say, if someone makes a mistake accidentally, 
but it changes it affects the game so in this scenario it was uh, adam played someone who put a, ba- a bane token down and then they said oh no it's meant to be that one and it was it was no no chance um <clears throat> like it's it, it is your responsibility to know your own stuff so uh, and again so this the, my, my my reaction will change in severity depending on the level of the tournament we're at if someone if someone tries to do that to me at a local saturday tournament okay you know what you can make a mistake someone does that to me at a world's qualifier uh, it's a no if someone does that uh actual worlds it's definitely no you know it's because if you're if you're playing for prizes and your sole purpose of traveling to the event is to win a ticket to, to worlds or to something like that then you know if you make a mistake you make a mistake you know th- these things happen now not not to say i have allowed things to happen um i have allowed take backsies or things like that um case in point casper uh, mkgt in round six um, Casper failed to put any surge tokens down on a Sarge or dodge token. I can't remember which kind of token it was. Or he, uh, so he hadn't put on any dodge tokens. He hadn't put down any suppression tokens, and he hadn't said this is what I'm doing. And he just went in and he rolled his dice against Vader. Now, it, it, it you you almost end up in this place of you don't want to be too like I don't want to win this game because I've been gamey. Um, and you know that's you know that that's the clear and obvious choice of what they were going to do, and so sometimes there's a th- th- there's a case to be made for stuff like that. However, you know if it's bane tokens at the start of the game, no, you should be putting those tokens out. And I can't know based on what you've like based on the tokens that have been put down exactly what your plan was going to be. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. But basically, what I'm trying to say is, is when does uh, when does a genuine mistake become kind of gamesmanship almost? So it's difficult, and I, I agree. Like context is quite key there, really. If it's, I think the situation. I generally, as a rule, if that again, I think again, context is key. If that's done in say, I say, so, I, I mean, it's the last two games of, of a six-game tournament. And I'm in, and I'm in a position to do something. I'm probably saying no. If it's the first two or three, and there's not much, and it's still all to play, I'm saying roll a dice. I did. I generally, I probably just go, let's roll a dice, see what happens. Let fates decide. If it works, it works. If it doesn't, doesn't. I well, think for... I did. I think I did that with. Um, I think I did that a couple of times at M- once or twice at MK. But it's just let fate decide sometimes. And then, but for me, it doesn't matter too much. I was never going to go out and win the whole thing. But at the same time, I was just like, you know what? Let's just have a laugh, uh, Ollie. Yeah, so I think case in point, another one, like when I was against Tom Sefton in Daventry, um, and you know, it, 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 when when if you place a movement tool, remove it, and then put it back, and then you want to change your mind and move back to where you originally were, how can you know where you originally were? Uh, you know, uh, it's it's uh, uh, and, and at points if I'm if if I have if I have no no stake in the games sure you know you know if i'm if i'm one three at an event and this is the last round of five cool take it back it's fine it's chill um i was like that uh, with like a song of ice and fire at lgt um people they're like oh you know this this is meant to do this i'm like yeah cool Eh, fine but if you if you have a stake in the game then i think you need to follow the game to the letter of how it's written and that's and that's to yourself as well. You should, you should, if you're at that level of tournament, you should hold yourself to the standard. 
Cool, cool, cool. Moving on. What else you got got for us? Um, same game as it happens. Oh. And as a new as as a new player, um, I was. I'm sure I had Tauntons. I, I was running Rebels because why not? It was fun. So I had a unit of Tauntons. Uh, Ventress had uh, deleted a whole unit of uh, Rebels and had engaged the Tauntons as well. Now, can Tauntons disengage for a start? Can they kind of break contact? And also, does that then count as a move? So they, do they get their Relentless shot after that? And the rules, boy. What was the question again? Sorry. <laughs> uh, <laughs> can Tontons so, disengage and procs reckless, uh, reckless with their move? Ah, yes. Um, yes, they can because they're creature troopers. They're the only thing in the game um, that allows them to uh, withdraw from combat and trigger their relentless. Um, and it has to be the relentless has to be after the move. So you can't attack first um, and then disengage. It doesn't trigger your Agile, though, because um, it's not a move action, and Agile only triggers off of move actions. A withdraw is just a, it's a speed X move, as it's referred to. I'm learning lots this evening, because, again, that was another game, game-breaking game uh, decision that I made there. And in my ignorance, I, I feel like I need more confidence in actually... I mean, I suppose it's more of a personal choice and going to a TO and saying, look, I'm not sure of this. And whether that is, um, you know, I don't, like I say, I don't want to be a dick all the time and say, oh, no, I'm not sure about that. I'm going to get them over. You know, you want to have a friendly kind of game, but tough, tough, tough decision. I think it's important if there's ever any, any questions like that that come up is to just call the TO. Like, I think, as a community, we've made it like such an accepting thing to do. If there is a rules query, even if you know the like the right answer, to get it clarified by someone else saves you having any of the looking like a dick moments. And I think that's something that I really enjoy about this game is that everybody is so accepting, and you know you are willing to be wrong. You get another opinion, like for the most part. Andy's been the TOs at a lot of the events that I've played at and just having the ability to to get someone who knows more than you and won't need to look it up on on any app or you know in the RRG or whatever he just knows um, but yeah Andy I think uh one thing that's important I don't know I've never really played 40k at a competitive level or Age of Sigma but I have um I get the impression that calling for a judge is kind of insulting to your opponent. Um, and it's kind of like, why are you calling a judge? Like, we don't need a judge. I know the rules. And it's always that kind of... I'm saying, this is more hearsay or from other TOs and from running events where 40k is happening at the same time. Um, but I think Star Wars is the complete opposite, um, where if you call a judge, it's not because um, I don't trust you. It's not because um, I don't know the rules. It's just... I want someone who is impartial to explain um, the, the the thing. And like, I will call judges when I'm playing, I will call them all the time. And I'm not afraid to like, it's like line of sight, just take it out of my hands. Um, it, like, I don't want to be the person because oh, I've definitely got line of sight. And you're sitting there going, no, you haven't like, cool. As soon as I go, I, I don't think I've got line of sight here. Do you want, do you want me to call a judge? And that would be my, my point of call. Uh, and that's how I phrase it. 
Um, and I think phrasings are also the other way it needs to always be phrased in a neutral way, not, oh, I don't believe you or that ain't true. Let me, let's get a judge. It's, oh, I'm not sure that, like, I don't think that's how it works. Can we just ask a judge to clarify that? And if they go, oh, no, we don't need a judge. Well, it's just, well confrontation started. Let's get a judge straight away because it, it just stops any arguments and confrontations. Um, and yeah, they know the rules. And if they don't, and don't get me wrong, I do get rules wrong sometimes, um, then at least you've heard it from that person. And that should mean it's gospel for the rest of the event. Um, and that TO shouldn't be changing between flip-flopping between games. If anyone ever calls a TO for me just to check something I'm doing or they're doing, I'm just like, absolutely, because I will just happily go, brilliant, I know I am fully, I'll just it'll help me reinforce rules myself. For context, if ever I'm playing a game, I'm always second-guessing my own things and going, am I sure I'm doing that? Because I don't want to be a dick about it when I'm playing someone. But if someone asks me in a table two tables away, what does this do this? I go, and I can get it straight off that without even that because it doesn't affect me i'm neutral but whereas i'm always second guessing myself so if anyone ever calls a to for me i won't be offended i won't be upset um i'll just be i'll just be like that's fine just check just check just check because it helps learn processing and all that sort of stuff also we're all wrong because you don't call a judge you call a consular, consular. consular. <laughs> it's like even at, even at the at the highest level tables um call call consular bring them over there's You'll kick yourself if you're like, oh, I probably don't have line of sight. Get get somebody neutral just to check it. Um, you know, it's I've I've had it with uh, like against the people's champ champion Tom Sefton at Daventry, where even though I've even though I've known a rule to be 100% correct, get it checked. There's no harm in doing it, and the consulars generally, unless it's Andy, um, are all really lovely people and uh, are always happy to help. And to touch on that, that's exactly that, because you called me over to rule check, and then weirdly, I played Tom, the, the MK, and he was like, yeah, but you ruled that. I went, oh, God, so I did. It was, it was quite funny. Um, I was right, the rule, it was just about the mini being a half height on, you can't be a different height levels, all this kind of stuff, but there we go. Uh, anyway, uh, Adam, did that answer your question satisfactorily? It did, it did. I mean, I think there's a lot of uh, gentlemanly warfare that uh, is involved more with Legion uh, rather than 40k where it's a bit more aggressive and I mean Andy mentioned it being like considered almost insulting to call over a judge or a consular uh, in for I don't know what it is in 40k interrogator whatever inquisitor um, uh, but um but yeah I think I think having the confidence to and knowing that probably in legion people aren't going to mind people are going to be happy with that so um oh that's that's great Lovely, lovely. Uh, I have a question for you. Uh, when you were sort of stepping back in, um, when yeah, when you were stepping back in, when you when you went, and you started playing all these tournaments and things like that. What made you sit there? And, what was your biggest sort of thing that made you go, "Oh yeah, I need to remember that," or "Oh that sort of thing." What was your biggest sort of stumbling block uh, as to going, "Oh that changed since when I played before," but that sort of thing. For me, when I started playing again, they had just, I think they just updated the rules. I, th I think it was a new edition. Um, one of the big, the big changes um, was that of cover. So the cover rule, and if any part of the model is obscured, um, 
you know, it's, it counts as being a cover. And I think that was, for me, that was, I think it used to be if they're in base to base contact with a cover, then that's it. Um, so that changed a little bit. And so there are situations where if you're attacking a unit which is on a higher level, um, does that still, does that, do they still get cover as a result of that? I mean, in 40k, it used to be something called exposed positions. So if you're right on top of something, you were fair game. And now I think, um, I, I don't know if, that, if that's changed. If that in, in that situation, that scenario, if you're shooting someone higher up, would they still get cover? It depends on um, on how much of their base will be obscured from the point of which they choose um, the shot to be fired from on your unit leader. So um, if you're at a higher position, generally speaking, yes, you are going to be getting cover um, from what you're being shot at. Um, the only, I mean, I'm trying to think of times where parts of your base won't be obscured when you're at... Um, a higher point i think it's going to be rare that you're not getting cover from those kind of shots it's usually if it's like a both pieces of terrain are like flat surfaces and then you're both on equal pieces like height wise like two two flat buildings with no lips they've got a lip then as ollie said like you just go well my toes covered um but if it's like a real flat building um and you're both sat there opposite each other like on the same height and you're shooting across that's probably the only time where you're elevated and it doesn't apply it was like because because ATST's got got really messed about on their on their shots because I, I had it in Invader League. There was a small log on the floor, and because you can draw a line from the ATST through that log, they're getting cover. Even though all the AT, ATST's weapons are up here, some well, are high up. I say up here like they can see us from home. <laughs> do, do you find that quite frustrating of a change? Uh. I did briefly, but I think with anything, with any game, when any changes come in, you're going to struggle with it. When I played 40k, I struggled when storm shields went from a three up to a four up, but then I got used to it, and then it just becomes natural. Yeah. Um. So I don't necessarily think any of the changes that they've made are bad. I think they've had a plan and they followed through with it, and the game still functions absolutely fine. Um. And that's all. And that's all you can hope for. Um. What what you don't want is uh, an X-wing to happen, and the rule changes they make are, are so different that loads of people drop the game. But with Legion, you know, they've that. I mean, that more people have started playing since I've started playing than I've seen for most other game systems outside of your forty Gs. So yeah, I think it's I think it is slowly growing in the UK, and I think we will eventually. Um, probably teeter out at somewhere. Um, I'm hope I- I'd love to see us as big as um, like uh, Middle Earth strategy battle game. I don't think we'll ever get to 40k status, but I'd, I'd certainly like to see us at, at Middle Earth levels. I mean, what are Middle Earth levels? Because I know there is a strong community, but because I'm not in it, I don't know what the tournament turnouts are. I I think your average tournaments are somewhere between 24 to 30. Um, and then your big events, I think they're pulling in sort of 140-ish. Um, I'd have to speak to like Will Champion to get exact numbers, yeah, but I know, I, yeah, I know, I know, I know they get, um, I know they get some decent numbers to it. And so I, I see no reason why Legion can't hit those levels. You know, we're never going to be doing these thousand-player tournaments. Um, certainly not for not with that kind of attitude. I was about to say, <laughs> certainly not for a while. Whilst 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 it's community building. Um, and you know, obviously, Warhammer does have the added bonus of being based in the UK, 
So I think if anybody, I think the people who are going to break break Legion into much bigger tournaments are going to be the French. Judging on judging on current um, current if climate, they other, if they invite other countries, <laughs> if you stop <laughs> calling, if, if you stop calling them all incels, yeah, if you stop causing a diplomatic incident, you'll be fine. <laughs> Can't get invited because we got one bad apple amongst us. Uh, to the man from Peterborough, we said no. Um, <laughs> so yeah, so that's where that's that, yeah, that makes sense. So yeah, the rules changes that does make a big difference. Uh, and uh, Adam, any more questions for us? As you, I say, experts who listens to experts, eh? As the experts, I, I'd like I'd like to find out what you would like to see next. If what would you like to see next? What's the next step? I mean. Uh, Ollie's kind of mentioned breaking France. Uh, what what would you like to see next for the game? Euros. Um, I'd like to see a return of Euros or a um, a jump for Worlds over here for once. Um, I don't think they're ever going to do Worlds over here, but if they can give us something that matches it for Europe, then I'd love to see it. I mean, Dave Nolan's given it a crack this year with the World Team Championships. Um, but again, I want a solos qualified to enter european championships um you can just rotate it country to country give it to france spain italy poland germany us you know there's that there are so many great countries all within a reasonably close proximity of each other um that i feel like we could get exceptional numbers to it uh, and even if it was a case of you were there just like look each country gets eight players and you qualify that throughout the year um doing various tournaments that builds up um people wanting to go to events you know i i speak to a lot of people who are there just like oh you know i you know i, I want to go to worlds but it's just too expensive and you know i'd love to go to a qualifier but what's the point um you know and it's it's things like that but if it was oh it's a it's a hundred pound flight to france and a couple of hundred quid on a hotel i think we'd get a lot more traction here um but yeah i that, that, that's what I'd like to say. I've said it before. I'll say it again. Uh, when I played, going to play Legion in Germany was amazing. Not just because it was the tournament was quality run by Finn was quality, but the people there were awesome, and the chance to go to another another city and take in some culture uh, was great fun. Just as a, uh, a, a something different, uh, it was awesome. Um, my personal thing that I'd like to see change in the game and or addition is just I think a bit more. A, so there's actually a couple. I'd like to see some now more diversity in the Clone Wars units. So we've, it hasn't. How can I describe it? I would like to. I'd like to see more characters, and I'd like to see a bit more. Uh, yeah, dy- dynamic, the dynamic diversity in the clones, uh, the Republic. You've got your. I know the uh, the what what do we call it? The Geonosians coming out um, for the for the droids so that'd be fun but just the clones at the moment are a bit well they're good just in terms of a diversity uh, would be something a bit different uh, so maybe the like the individual planet troops so like your Twi'lek troops uh, your Wookiee well, yeah, sorry, not Wookiees, you already got them um, other planets that were on the Republic side all that kind of crap uh, that would be one and also just a bit of a rebalance uh, for the for the, for the rebels Someone mentioned the other day, what about uh, like the, the droids and the Republic have a faction-wide rule, i.e. the clones can share tokens. 
and Republic, uh, sorry, and the CIS had the suppression mechanic thing. Would there be something for Empire and Rebels? The answer for me for Rebels would be Rebels could definitely benefit from something like that, but I wouldn't know what it would be at the moment. Following on from what Ollie was saying, you know, about coming up against a European tournament, uh, Tom, you said you went to Germany. Um, Andy, I noticed uh, MKGT there, uh, um, at least I saw at least a couple of Polish guys who'd come over for the tournament, which was great. To what extent is like language a barrier or is kind of English the kind of universal language of, of Legion? Um. I, mean, I think it's more of the English educational system is rubbish and we only speak English. <laughs> um, and it's great that other countries um, do speak English um, as a as like a good compromise middle ground. Um, but I think with Legion, there isn't a need for it. Um, I've played a Polish guy and spoke zero. In- he spoke zero English, and I was told that by one of the Polish who was over there. He's like, "Oh yeah, your opponent doesn't speak any English, so uh, sorry." Like, and I was like, well, "Don't apologize. Like, it's my fault for not knowing another language." Um, but you kind of, if you, you, everyone knows the mechanics of the game. You've got two actions. Cool. So if I'm going to aim shoot, I grab an aim to. Normally, you just say it because you don't need it. But when you can't rely on that verbal agreement, you you grab a token, you pull it next to your unit, you point at your unit, grab your dice, and you point at the unit you're going to shoot at. It's it's really simplistic. I think the only nuances come in when it's like he, they play a command card, and like um, for instance, I know uh, Finn obviously plays with a lot of the German cards. Um, if you don't know what that card does, bring up Tabletop Admiral. You know it's a two pip. You know it's Yoda's because it's got the picture of Yoda on it, and then you just read the English version. Um, and I mean, I should say that to the guys who run, um, oh, the Aussie guys from the rounds are up. Um, yes, uh, Finn might be playing with a German uh, battle deck card, um, but make sure you go and re- like he told you what it was when he was doing turn zero. Make sure you go and read what it is after you pick the mission, and don't forget halfway through and you're playing uh, KP and you're actually playing breakthrough. <laughs> so. I don't think it's as big as a language barrier. There's a few things you'll have to kind of just be double prepared for, um, but I think it's not an issue completely. Yeah, muted, by the way. I had the fun experience, thank you, of game game one in Germany. Uh, I obviously didn't know who I'm playing. So I, I made a conscious effort. I was like, no, no, I will try and speak some German. And I just sort of like, we, we pointed and brief, didn't really talk in German when we were doing turn zero type of thing. It was very much quite silent. Uh, and then I came to sort of do some attack dice, and I'd done Ikaba 2, Wurfel, uh, mit uh, Meiner Klon, and all that sort of stuff. And he went, oh, no, I, I speak good English. It's okay. And I was like, oh, all right, then, cheers. <laughs> so it's like, oh, all right, I'll uh, just uh, carry on. Your German's just really bad. <laughs> you told him something really insulting. You know? He, I, I think you'll find that if there's a German listening, I think you'll find that I actually said the correct words there, more or less. Um, anyway, uh, so yeah, that was yeah, learning playing Legion in a foreign language is quite fun, but uh, it, it's uh, definitely a learning experience because, but as Andy quite rightly said, the pictures on the cards are the same as the ones we have, unless you've got old art stuff, but it should be fairly obvious what that is. Son of Skywalker, oh, look, it's Son of Skywalker, that sort of thing. I have a, well, go on, I'll, I'll leave it like you about to say something then, or Tom, one of you. Yeah, I think um, I, I think there's I think there's a lot that the that the game can be adding um, and a lot of stuff that 
a lot of people want to see. I mean, there's I've, I've seen a couple of posts this week um, about somebody saying they were quite happy with the release schedule for this year. I know you commented on it, Tom, um, saying that you were less happy with it. So I think what we need to remember is that AMG haven't owned the game for that long, and we haven't had their stuff for that long either. So I think the, fir- the, the first items that were actually produced by AMG was the Shadow Collective boxes, I think. Um, fairly sure it was it was either that or the one after the Shadow Collect or like the Battle Force. It was one after the Battle Forces, but it's a company that's taken over a game and they're settling into it as much as we're settling into them. So, um, the game as all as all things do require just a little bit of patience, and I'm sure as we've seen the pipeline coming up, you know, um, the Bad Batch coming out, um, we'll likely see an Ahsoka for the Republic at some point. Um, hopefully we'll see something decent for Rebels jumped in there, maybe a Battle Force to dig them out the hole that they're currently in, or something like that, but yeah, plenty to look forward to. Yeah, We saw what happened to the extravaganza. Go on, Tom. On on that post, it wasn't... uh, Yeah, he he was saying how he was really stoked on the release schedule, and my comment was, was mainly based around the fact that out of the stuff he was talking about, most of it was like print and play and battle forces, which I think is a great addition to the game. I think what I would like is more plastic releases that are spread more evenly across all the factions. So things like having, even if it's two releases a year, but per faction. So you had two for CIS, two for Republic, two for Rebels, two for Imperials. And then, you know, you can give your token mercenary thing to us hungry shadow collective players who'll take whatever you want to give us but like i think having it's important to have those that even spread of of plastic is is what i'd like to see going forward is more more balance what i'm hearing is you want to see balance in the force it's a star wars reference everybody it's all good um so that kind of wraps up the questions from adam as a new returning player obviously if you have questions yourself and you're not quite sure feel free to contact us on our social media pages and or email etc we can we'll be happy to answer but now as we said earlier about having a concept of creating a list so we'll just go through that now right adam obviously is a returning player you've just bought into empire uh, again and let's go so you give us a concept of what you want to do and then between the, the rest of us we can try and come up with a list and talk through say decisions that you might make and then let's say what we would do as an alternative or if we agree or disagree or say why that's good or bad etc so tell us what you would run your ideal list at so ideally i'm coming back to empire now since i uh since i've kind of bought into i bought blizzard force so to start out i've got john vader uh i've got uh was commander vader we've got uh two snows uh, snowtroopers uh in the box atst and uh two uh bike units as well so i bought it because i think it's really good value for a box there's plenty in it i thought it was really good um i quite like to be reasonably flexible i i do like a good gun line however i think um i get worried if i've got a gun line that'll be too late in the game season objectives 
And I think coming from a 40k, historically a 40k background where whoever can drag the most steel onto the battlefield is going to win the game, I find Legion far more objective based. It's really important you go for the objectives rather than just try and blast them. So I'd quite like to have a bit of balance. Um, I did see Dark Troopers used quite often. What are people's thoughts on those? I mean, um, are they worth taking it are they flexible enough to be able to hold it hold their own or are they quite expensive for in terms of points tom you look eager to answer the for me um I, no I've, i was thinking of like other units to add into into your collection but i think i think dark troopers are are a hard unit to play as a new player because if you misplay them you're massively punished because at the moment, the meta has got a lot of impact and crits. If you if you misplay them, you're losing effectively two activations if you lose your Dark Troopers. I mean, I know that they are incredibly strong, but I th- just thinking on what you would face if you were to take them to a tournament maybe earlier in, this, like, in the year, if you just hang them out to dry, there's a chance that you're going to get smoked. When you said that, both me and Andy shaking our head vigorously. So, Andy, rebuttal. Yeah, I think for Dark Troopers, they're, <laughs> they're kind of oppressive because I agree with what Tom's saying is in if someone brings a load of impact, and obviously the meta has shifted um, a little bit to uh, bring a fair amount of impact, if your opponent has brought impact, then you need to be a bit more careful. You can't just run them down the middle. You're you're susceptible to the red dice of luck at that point. But if your opponent hasn't brought impact, then by God, are you just going to stomp the fuck out of them? <laughs> you're just going to... But like it, it's... Again, it goes back to that theme point of view. They feel like death troopers. Like They will just tank everything because you've got no impact. As soon as someone brings impact, they're just normal stormtroopers. And that's the thing you have to think about it. Um, but yeah, uh, the, um, the, they are expensive. They can be a fragile if your opponent is teched for it. And most lists are at least bringing a couple. At one point, you needed to bring like 10 impact. Um, but I think that uh, number's now dropped even with um, Tempest Force. Uh, so I, yeah, I think they're really good. Um, maybe not as the focus point of your army. Just if you're taking two of them, then that is your army focus, uh, similar to a, a tank. Uh, otherwise, just take one, but don't fully kit it out and don't load it up loads. Sure. I mean, a, another thing I, I struggle with um, is remembering shenanigans. So I know there's a lot of uh, units which synergize really well and so-and-so, if they share tokens and things like that. Now, for me, because I'm not altogether very bright, I find so- sometimes that quite difficult to deal with and remember and I'll get things wrong. So what I'd be looking for in a list is something that's, like I said earlier, a bit easy to pilot, fa- fairly straightforward. We said about potentially avoiding force users initially which i i mean it's hard to avoid using vader but where we where would you go in terms of a commander for for more of a gun line kind of army so i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna spend the next couple of minutes i'm just gonna put together a list which i think is a good entry level list um so do check back in with me in a couple of minutes 
Okay. <laughs> Quicker, come on! Where, where, where's your talk us through it? But d- d- this could be your video content here to say for YouTube, rather than come back in a few minutes. Talk us through your start point, and then we can kind of uh, yeah, test you about we it. We can critique your critique your list making. Yeah, and realize how bad you are at list making, and you just net list. Yeah, he's just going to make blizzard. no, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> no, so um. In in general choices, I think if you're going to be starting with Empire, I think you're going to go with one of three commanders um, to keep things um, relatively easy. And depending on which of these commanders you take, um, you know, two of which, uh, one of which takes you on more of a aim path, and the other one takes you more on a specific kind of unit path. So the three the three HQ the three three HQs well the three commanders that I would consider as a starting out player is Krennic, uh, General Veers, and Maggie. Uh, Maggie being the most simple and just the generic Empire commander, um, sticking out an aim and removing some suppression. Uh, Veers uh, because his cards are fairly simple um, to to get your head around, um, and then Krennic, which sort of gets you into just the boat of and like with Andy said, it felt thematic because if you take Krennic with the Krennic with the units with the units that Krennic goes well with, you really do feel like they're you know like they're death troopers. You know they can you know they can really pump out some damage. So um, I think what we're gonna have a little look at is something like a, a Rogue One Empire list. So I'd go for something like uh, Orson Krennic as your commander. Um, I some I quite like strict orders on Krennic. Um, I think that just kind of suits suits his card quite well. Um, then you can have a little look at operatives, but again, I don't necessarily think you need any. I think you can go and have a little look into the gun line. So um, from that point, you can have a little look at, into shore troopers. Um, so what I'd do is I'd take two units of shore troopers, uh, each with the T21B troopers, um and then depending on what we want to go on we'll leave the points off for now to spend on something else so we'll keep it at sh- two squads of shore troopers with the t21s now with the shore troopers you then want to take mortar troopers um and again you don't need to take anything on the mortar troopers so now you've got five activations you're at 328 points and you can look at really filling out that list with some of your more elite choices um so if we go into special forces and we'll pop in if you want to go all Krennic, I think three death, three death troopers, and in each one of those you take the DLT nineteen D troopers, um, you take the E eleven D grenade launch config and E eleven D focused fire config, um, and then in terms of gear for them, I'm just having a little look. Um, I think something like offensive push can work quite nicely on them, as it still fits the bill with what you're doing with Empire anyway. So at that point, you're at 652 points for eight quite reasonable activations. Um, at that point, you can, you've can you kind of got two choices to have a little look at. Um, and those two choices can be um, something more in the range of e-webs, or they can be more in the range of speeder bikes. So it all depends on what kind of play style you're liking the look of. Uh, I personally would go for speeder bikes over e-webs. And what that means is you can keep your death troopers at range four and you can be bouncing your bikes in at range three. And it also gives you a lot more flexibility um, to work on objectives. So on this with with this list, probably going to go with maybe two speeder bikes 
that's 140 points. Leaves you with an eight point, eight points to spend. So um, perfect emergency transponders on both of the speeder bikes, and you're at 10 activations, 800 points on the nose. You've got a good set of range four weaponry, good set of critical for if you come up against vehicles. You've got impact on the bikes for vehicles, and this allows you to um, maybe roll into missions like breakthrough. Uh, and bombing run a little bit better now granted you don't want to do bombing run but if for any reason um it gets forced on you you're not completely on foot yeah i must admit i like the flexibility of that as well it does sound a bit more reasonable um so you use krennix command cards yeah um so for those of you at home who don't know what they are i'll just click on them now so we go krennix one pip which is Voracious Ambition. At the start of the activation phase, place three random order, to order tokens from your order pool face down on this card. You may look at these order tokens at any time. When you would draw an order from your order pool, you may choose one of the order tokens on this card and use that order token instead. Um, so this is good for just, make, just making sure that if you really want to go with a unit... Um, oh, it's random order tokens from your order pool face down on this card. Mm. Yeah, it's more about the cunning and then you've draw three orders. You've got um, direct on one of them as well um or sorry entourage so you you've got four things with order control and then you're just hoping that you pull one of them that you're desperate for and if not then your bag should be fairly empty-ish that you can draw it quick enough mm. uh, if you're smart with like your order control that's fair so yeah so you go on that one then you've got to deploy the garrison which is two troopers at the start of the activation phase, choose up to two friendly trooper units that have face-up order tokens. Each chosen unit may perform a free standby action. Now, this is great <clears throat> if you're just looking to screen. Works works really well on missions um, when you're going. So, you know, if breakthrough, it's really good on your turn six. Means that they're going to have to shoot off your uh, your standby before moving their units in. So, it, it you know, it can just slow your opponent down. Or if you know that there's a Jedi that, or a Sith that's going to dive into your lines um, and you want to just give yourself an extra layer of protection, you can just throw that there just to try and reduce some wounds on them um, fairly quickly. Um, and then you've got Annihilation Looms, which is direct to Awesome Critic, and two units. Each troop unit gains one suppression token. If it is round five or six, each troop unit gains one additional suppression token. You know, it's, it's just a suppression bomb. Um, again, really good on final turns when people are, are wanting. You, you you can sometimes catch people out when they think, "Oh, I've got, you know, I can definitely move these units in to touch the key position, or I can move these in range on intercept." And you drop that on turn five, on 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 turn six, and then they're like, "Oh, completely forgot that card exists." So you know, he's he's not played that much, so there is that there is that occasional sort of build up to that where people may not expect to see it. Um, outside of that, on command cards, I think you're probably looking at. Um, um, I'd go covert observation. You've got the special forces units for it. So while an opponent is issuing orders using a command card, each unit that is issued an order with that card gains one suppression token. Um, this is uh, th that's quite funny in a Krennic mirror match. So if you covert observation into their deploy the garrison, um, I don't know. Uh, Andy may be able to. Correct me if I'm wrong, but they get the suppression after they get the standby token, and it strips the standby straight away. Uh, you would resolve the one pip first, then the two, then the two pip, so that they would receive the suppression, then they would get the standby. That's why I said, Andy, correct me if I'm wrong, because <laughs> 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 I've got no idea how that works. Um, but no, so I think something like this, and then you probably want to take pinned down. 
Um, you've got the two bikes, and it can be fairly decent. Like, you don't want to be diving the bikes early, but you know if you're coming up against a list where um, you know you want to be getting people's orders shuffled away, pin down just a really good card, even in this list. Um, again, you, you don't have to take that push is equally as good um, for the list. It's just a personal preference. And then uh, I just take assault. Um, I think coordinated fire restricts you a little bit too much um, just to core units. Um, but I think with assault, that's fine. Because you because what you want to do on that turn uh, is potentially just give two to the shore troopers, which then orders two to the mortars, give it to one unit of the death troopers, and then uh, you can Krennic an order onto one of the other death troopers. Um, yeah. And, 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 the, and then get the retinue stuff as well. Yeah, and, and get the retinue stuff. And so on. in terms of missions, you're at 800 points, so you're not exactly going for the bid. Um, you're going for just a solid red surging save, um, like main part of your gun line in the death troopers and then red saves across a good portion of the the rest the rest of your army in terms of missions you'll be happy on missions like intercept um kp um breakthrough you don't really want to be playing um again payload these days you don't really want to be playing recover so yeah so intercept kp um i don't think you do too badly on hostage exchange um because you can pop, deploy the garrison, turn one onto your own hostage carrier, and then as soon as their hostage carrier moves, you'll get a free move, and then you get to move twice with your hostage. So it does give you that extra little bit of um, walking room, and then people are going to have to approach into three sets of suppressive death troopers, who likely, you know, aiming and shooting are, uh, are pretty heavy. Yeah, but I, I, think that's a, yes. I think that's a well-rounded list to, for, for Empire. I like that. I like, I like the amount of bodies in there as well. Um, how would it? Uh, I'm thinking this. I'm going through. You've you got yeah, you know your death troopers. Um, we talked about impact earlier. Now um, MKGT. There are a lot of people running 3D ATST lists, which to be honest looks terrifying. But how do you how do you go about dealing with something like that? What are the, what are the drawbacks of paying something like that? What's That's the weakness there? my correction, because there's death and dark, and I always get the two. <laughs> a, yeah, yeah. A, lot people, a lot of people do. So it's the dark troopers who will require, um, who have full armor. The death troopers don't care about impact. Um, their biggest weakness is um, pierce. Um, yeah. So if you do face off, say, against um, a list that has a high amount of pierce, so you're looking at probably rebels um, with like free snipers, you need to focus down their snipers quickly. And if you did, you have bikes in that list, um, Ollie. Yeah. 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 So two, two, two Sorry. speed bikes. So you've got impact four there, just on mm. those two units. Um, and then I'm just, I'm just taking on the actual deaths. And you, yeah, you've also got impact one on each of the death troopers. So yeah. you're a, <laughs> so you're a impact seven at range three. Um, which, which, you know, th th there's nothing it's bad with that. Enough. And yeah. then you've and then you've also got critical two from the mortars across the two of them, um, and then you've got an additional critical two from both of the heavies in the in the shores. So you're a critical four impact seven um, between range three and four. Well, you know what? Once somebody's at range three, could the if you're in the suppressive conflict on the death troopers and you've got the mortar, which is suppressive, does the suppressive stack? No, no, because it's not got a number. Yeah, that's fine. Just checking. 
So, so um, for, 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 for those of you listening at home, um, if a keyword has a number next to it, it can stack. If it does not have a number next to it, it does not. That's good to know. That would be one of my questions. Yeah. So I, it's... I um, sensed it for you, mate. I sensed it. <laughs> but yeah, so I, I think that in the UK meta, that list that list works fine. Uh, we're in we're in high we're in high armor, um, high vehicles. You're a range four gun line um, that's you know it's got some decent defensive tech. Well, not defensive tech, but three five man squads of surging red saves. Um, a, fa- a fairly a fairly difficult to shift. Yeah, I love that. Um, that was one of, that was one of my favorite units before I um. Before I kind of moved away from Legion the first time, I did like the Death Troopers. I thought they were great. They were great, great unit. They look good as well. Mm. Look they're, good. Play good. They're, they're a really nice unit. And the the E eleven D um, is 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 really, I think, really underplayed because if you are going to get your Death Troopers into close range, um, swapping to Blast is is really really good at clearing out um, enemy infantry. So they, so they're, they're they're both your armor and your anti-infantry pieces, and obviously that is your that is that is the circular of your list, and obviously Krennic um, works really well alongside them um, with his with his entourage. Any other questions regarding potential list building and or new stuff, and then we can move on. Anyone else or or additions to add? So my next my next purchases are going to be Death Troopers, love them. Yeah, and uh, what, would you would you take those over? For them. example, I was I was looking I was looking on it your list at uh, MKGT. You did reasonably well there. Um, <laughs> um, you used the uh, is it the heavy response? The uh, right? yeah. yeah, they seem. I mean, so they're you, they're they're only available to Blizzard. They're uh, they're, they're they're a Blizzard specific unit. Um, and so the the depending on the meta it de- is dependent is dependent on how you build them. So at the moment, with the meta being vehicles, it's HH12s and DLTs. Um, if we were in the American meta, where apparently they don't see any vehicles um, whatsoever, um, then you probably take the older version. But then again, you you lose out on a bit of points. So when Blizzard got hit by the points increase. Um, I was able to drop it down to HH12s and DLTs and not really lose anything else on the list. Like I lost some transponders and it still allowed me to keep a, I think it was like a 22 point bid, I think is what I, is what I finished on. Uh, my last question then in terms of that, because we talked about a bid before with that list, it's 800 bang on the nose. Um, how advantageous is it when, what, what's too much of a bid? And you know when do you, where do you draw the line between if, actually I've got you know what can you squeeze in? Mike I, Reese, that's oh. too much of a bid. Um, <laughs> it's just completely unnecessary. Uh, MKGT, but if Blizzard doesn't get its battle deck, Blizzard struggles a lot. I, um, but your but, but a list like the Death Trooper one won't. Sorry, Cockles. Yeah. Oh no, no, I was going to say I think it's faction dependent because if you're taking if you're taking Republic. I've always said Republic wins in its own terms. If you're taking Blizzard Force, I think Blizzard Force most times, 70% probably, of 70% of the time probably wins because of the missions. I know you said it needs to have its own deck, but I think because obviously the odds of it have a, a non-Blizzard 
list having lizard missions is fairly high for some of them because there'll at least be two of them in this probably so there's that so i i think it depends on your faction generally i think is and how you build your list because if you're building a list to play to your objectives to the style you play then that's what you want then that's that works for you so you want if you have the bid to make sure you play what you want to play worked if you turn up if you also then rock up to the table and go uh this table's problematic for me in x for x y reasons then by all means go red yeah i think um if you're taking a bid it needs to be because you are trying to abuse something from your battle deck um, and that's what blizzard does like it's got a very oppressive ba uh, battle deck it's got missions that most as a combination most other armies can't deal with everything in it um so like most obviously a lot of force users can deal with hostage but they can't deal with bomb and run um now they could probably get away with breakthrough but uh, obviously that's another advantage for um blizzard when it faces a, an army that's not very mobile so echo based defense kind of thing so they've got a very oppressive list and if you were trying to i don't know like I was looking at doing a Yoda gimmicky list. It's, it's not 100% gimmicky, but it's got um, abusive missions in there. So you take recover the supplies, sabotage, anything that requires you to pick stuff up. Um, and you take um, force lift with Yoda and it enables him to block off objectives. Um, with that, you would need a bid. Now, how big you go depends on how much you've got available without compromising the list. And I think that's always a key thing to bear in mind. Um, you can if you're above 10 points i think that's when you're bidding for your objectives if you're probably uh below that you're probably not caring um so therefore just go like 798 um kind of region if you're if you're pure gun line and you really don't care because you're pretty well all-rounded list just go full 800 it wins on the tiebreakers um, and something that fifth trooper was um, bang on about of theirs. The game starts in a tie. Um, and that's always something really important to remember because the game starts at nil nil. It starts with um, zero points destroyed. And the tiebreaker after that is who has the smallest bid. So who spent all of their points. Um, so if you've, if, if you're playing against Ollie, he's got a, a 23 point bid and you've got 800 points spent you're in the driving seat now obviously the objective and the mission might change that but it's good to know that from the get-go because depending on how the rest of the game plays out depends on how um that goes so if you've both got nine activations which uh you do in ollie's list i think that's right isn't it you're at nine with blizzard or is it eight uh, i'm at nine with blizzard yeah yeah so if i'm at nine and nine and we're playing breakthrough i know i'm winning ollie has to kill something of mine um, and it's always good to know that from the get-go um, as, a, as a new player. And that's what a bid is for. Well, I think that's... Uh, I was waiting for a response from someone there, but there we go. No, I, I think that summed it up quite nicely. Explained it so well. Yeah, there are, they're, 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 like Andy said, there are lists out there that just don't care about a bid whatsoever. Like in the, in the Republic lists that we'll soon be practising, bids are... Uh, bids are non-existent <laughs> so uh, i think that effectively wraps up the new slash returning player stuff which gives us enough time to cover a couple of little things first off a little bit of housekeeping from a previous episode ollie um 
I received a message from someone saying, how can you call bikes overrated? And they said to me, does he know what overrated means? How dare he say these things? And I think you should respond to that individual. But first, Tom, tell him what you said. <laughs> I was going to let it slide because you were building a list and Cockles texted me saying, are you going to mention what you said? Uh, I don't think bikes are overrated because I understand your points of like that they need to be used in a as a high skill piece. But being overrated, you would imagine that you'd see them everywhere. And I don't feel like we do see bikes everywhere. I feel like bikes are, are still mainly used in Blizzard or like the occasional other list, but you don't see them like all imperialists. Whereas like, I think that Anakin's a little bit overrated and you see him in most, uh, most Republic lists. Do you know what I mean? So yeah, that's why I think that bikes aren't overrated. Yeah, I, I think it's, everybody's going to have a different opinion on every unit as to why they think units are good or bad or overrated or underrated. And I, and I honestly think that you often, I've seen so many players decide, yep, I've got bikes on the table. Bikes are amazing. I'm going to throw them at my opponent and then they just crumble. And it's, it's that line of view from players that I've met that makes me feel like in the general in the grand scheme of things bikes are overrated because unless they're unless they're played in in the one specific manner that they're you know perfect to play in anything else is is just feels bad you end up losing bikes and losing activations and the teeth get you know taken out of your list fairly quickly um so it, it it's on that front that i think they get they get their overrated title from me from and i play them you know, and you know, and, and I play them, and I, and I love playing them. But any time which I've just gone, yeah, I'll dive the bikes, dead, just dead. Buckles, you muted. If you're diving and you're giving the opportunity uh, without giving the opponent uh, an opportunity to shoot something else, that makes sense. But if it's say they've got you dive at the right moment where everything else is also a target, so it means like if I'm shooting bikes, they're not shooting Vader. If they're shooting bikes they're not shooting dark troopers or whatever that sort of thing that's my theory on it that's that's it's it's about the moment to dive as opposed to just diving straight in if that makes sense all right well, well perhaps the perhaps the better terminology is that aggressive play with bikes is overrated yeah i think that's definitely uh, the, 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 there we go we can i I'm, I'm i'm happy to i'm happy to change it over to that oh, okay perfect it's all right it was just something fun to poke about that one really um, other things that cropped up, uh, which was right, and, and Andy has put in event events. So, uh, first off, obviously, Tom, you have your one come up in two weeks. No, actually, tell you what, sod off. We'll do Ollie's first. <laughs> uh, we've got our event live in a few days. Um, we are at the Magic Sixteen, so um, we do need more players. We'd like some more. Um, well, as soon as you hear this podcast come out, do please message us, get your tickets, um, head on down. There'll be a nice little side event on the Sunday 
um, that's free of charge to anybody who has entered into the main event, um, but we'll also be open to any additional players who want to come for the Sunday. So um, we will be getting that information live and direct to you as soon as possible, as well as Game Uplink going live uh, again as soon as possible. And it's Andy's birthday, so come and throw dog biscuits at him. Um... <laughs> World's Qualifier, and we'll be raffling off that very, very nice Star Wars Celebrations promo kit. Yep, nice. That worked out well. Uh, Andy, did you have anything you wanted to respond to that one? Any particular dog friend, dog biscuit friend uh, brand you're a fan of? Um, I would save your money on dog biscuits and instead go and buy your tickets from KGT. Um, so tickets for that went live uh, last Friday. Um, and uh, <laughs> It still surprises uh, me um, how fast tickets are selling. Um, like, I, I don't, I kind of put it up and I'm like, oh yeah, people will buy it in like a couple of weeks or a month's time. Um, and no, you guys are absolutely amazing and um, have already um, started sort of tickets flying out the door a lot faster than I imagined. Um, obviously, we've got 96 tickets um, available again this year. If we're not close to selling out just yet, don't panic. Um, this isn't a heads up, we're close to selling out, but. It's just a thanks for everyone who has pre-purchased um, to start nice and early. Um, it does help with um, me continuing to purchase terrain um, for the event later in the year. Um, but yeah, the, keep an eye out. Anyone who does purchase a ticket between now and uh, the 31st, I think, of December, um, you get entered into uh, the free prize draw to win a uh, Shadow Collective uh, starter set. It's almost, so, it's almost like you saw that idea done at uh, Song of Ice and Fire LGT, isn't it? <laughs> no, um, oh, I did it all last year. We did uh, we do promo starter sets um, for each year um, for stuff. So yeah, um, obviously the tickets only fifty pound, and if you win it, then just for buying it early, you get uh, a seventy pound prize kit. Um, so a good return value before you even turn up to the event. Cool, cool, cool. Uh, Thomas, uh, yeah. So we've got um, the event on the eighteenth of November, Saturday the eighteenth, at Tabletop Republic in High Wycombe. Um, it's a 24 player we've got world's invite to give away lots of um, lots of alt art cards there'll be three of the four of us there I think Andy said he can't make it um, but everyone else will be there um, we are, we currently have only two spaces left um, and it's a week on Saturday so if you want your ticket uh, if you go to tabletopperpublic.com uh, you can get your ticket on there Uh, that's all good. I shall be in attendance for that one. No idea what I'm running. Uh, Ollie, though, just as a touch on slight segue, a touch like to start the show. You're running something different. I am. I am. Uh, obviously, because me and Andy are dirty meta chasers. Um, we're testing out some Republic lists. Um, I'll be running my Republic this weekend. Um, at the uh, at the TNM event, I believe Andy may be doing the same. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, you'll see you you'll, you'll see some quite. Quite uh, fair, some fair similarities between uh, our two lists. Um, so, <laughs> so mine is uh, mine is eight activations Republic. Uh, it is Yoda with Force Push, Force Barrier, and Force Reflexes, uh, and then Padme with no upgrades. Then a squad of Phase Ones with a Z6, Phase Ones with an RPS six, Phase Twos with Boyle, two full arc squads with DC15s and Situational Awareness, and an Arc Trooper Strike Team with Echo. Uh, running both sets of command cards for Padme and Yoda, um, and then I'm just uh, I'm yet to pick my 
mission deck, but it's you know it's it's moot. You picked the Padme three pip. Yeah. Yep. Why? It's because it gives you a surge. Yep. It's bollocks. Nope. Nope. <laughs> like, <laughs> and and it's it's secret mission. So on games where you know things may come things may come down to the kill points at the end. Being able to sneak a Padme over over the line, um, can, or, or even like on recover the supplies. So I'm I'm thinking of taking recover the supplies in my deck. Then you play Padme's three pip first turn, and you just stick her next to the box, not touching because obviously you can't anymore. But she can move in, collect, and then Yoda can guidance her out of there. I get the logic. I don't think it works, and just from just from experience with her and her three pip, because. We're giving her the order and or the the boss you got authoritative and passing away. It just it just you lose something that you can, I just don't think it brings efficiency there because you can just take the assault one, uh, the th- pip three pip give three the give one to her one to someone else i.e. Yoda and then one to a trooper and you've got the in order you've got the ability to do a fire support stuff. You've ordered your leader and you've ordered Padme all at the same time. So your problem is you're coming from uh, playing Anakin. And that's the biggest difference. Mm. Padme with Anakin screws up Anakin's charge up. Yoda, um, Yoda, Yoda, and Padme as well. I'm, I'm coming no, from I'm coming because, from multiple angles on that one. So turn one is your uh, is the, the slowest engagement turn. So you can play that for the reliable. Get her ready to generate you a single surge, and having one surge ready available for boil from the get go is the is the reason why you're doing it. Um, from turn two, where you then start playing Yoda's cards, you don't need to play unless you know you're going to engage in receiving shots. You don't need it on turn. You don't need to play Yoda's cards on turn one. You can play them turn two onwards. It doesn't slow any of it down. No, and and having and having the reliable one from Padme, and then you're already getting an additional surge for Boyle um, from him being stuck in the phase twos. You're just really um, banking into that. Um, defensive tech, and you know you, you're getting three range five shots turn one, and whilst you whilst you're gearing up, setting up, positioning yourself, and then on the following turn, you know you can look at things like luminous beings for your fire supports, because turn turn one as you know as is with um, as as is as is with uh, with with any with any game that you play is mostly about positioning, getting your Z six to where you need to be for the following turn for that fire support. Um, like with your arc troopers, moving your arc troopers forward, guidancing, and it's like having having that extra reliable one just does give you that extra bit of um, bit of survivability. Unless, but the Boba Fett of the Rebel variety on the board, luminous <laughs> beings, <laughs> luminous beings turns one. <laughs> I don't care what he's doing; it's luminous beings. I get that. I get your logic. I just don't, from experience of trying it, Padme's three pip. It just, I don't think it works. I don't think it's very efficient, and I think you get more bang for your buck with the, with the ability to, tr- to crack out fire support and order her. Your, your point also about doing the infiltrate, if you're infiltrating her, if you're infiltrating her and it's not an optimal position, i.e. you know, talking about central boxes and all these sorts of stuff, you lose what she's supposed to be doing in that list, in my opinion. Um, mate, mate, you're, she's but, far but, away from, she's far away from the support. That you don't, you don't have to start her far away. You can start a still in in like within your clones. You know, if it's breakthrough, and you're going to be making a push across the table to score anyway, 
why not have that card in there? Because if you are going to try and run Padme across the board, that's two points. Yeah, but she's if you're running her across the board and she's isolated and you're getting her there, you are... And she's still got to stay alive. But that's, um, that, 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 that's the point of having the ball move up with her. No, because but you, you just uh, talk about her infiltrating, though. Yeah, but what I'm saying is you can just play the card and infiltrate her inside your own deployment zone. And then what she is is a double scoring unit on, on, on games like Breakthrough. Or if it or if or even if it's hostage, if you if you try and run Padme across the table whilst they're trying to kill your hostage or make sure that theirs is running away, that's an extra that's an extra scoring point. It gives you so much more flexibility, and that that extra one point can sometimes spin the game around. And then it's... you've got you've got so much defensive tech with the rest of it that you should be okay. As Ollie says, it's it, like with the secret mission for me. If I'm playing secret mission with uh, with infiltrate, it's more about just the threat of it. So if we're playing battle lines and you set up your whole army to uh, the right hand side to face off against my entire army. I can just go, fuck this, infiltrate her on the left-hand side. You've now got to go and deal with it. And it's just the sheer threat of the secret mission helps um, dictate the game. You it, you might reveal it, and you're just like, we're playing Long March, I ain't ever going to score this, but I've, I've done it to threaten you because we're playing a game which has very low-scoring tiebreakers, so hostage or something like that. You know, like, you've got the potential. doesn't mean you have to use it. It's just the threat of that one victory point, and if you kind of hint at the fact you might be using it, you can bait, bait them out, and like they might overcommit a unit to try and get Padme. I think the beauty of the Yoda list as well is that you don't necessarily have to play that, even if you've got it in your command, like your command hand. Obviously, you have to play it turn one to get the secret mission, but you, it's almost like a pseudo contingencies by by being able to take it. You don't necessarily have to use it. But also, you've yeah. you've you've really uh, baited them out in that man. Like they're going to use it just to prove that you're wrong. Mm. <laughs> yeah. And if and, and if and if and like like I said, if you reveal that card, that changes your opponent's deployment because you then you then deploy Padme last, and your opponent's going to be going right. Where's where's Padme going to be going? Is she is she going to infiltrate? What you know? And it's it's almost. Anything you can do in that in that turn zero to put your opponent a little bit on edge. It, I'm talking in competitive settings. If you can put your opponent a bit on edge, you know, force a mistake. Once you get to a certain point of legion, the only the only the only time people win is when others make mistakes, um, or the other dice just just don't go your way. So it's, uh, I mean, Mike Mike Cirillo won his won his ticket with a with a very similar list, running the full Yoda, full Padme command hand, um, over in the states. I think that was the Mike Barry, not Mike Sorello. Was it not? Was it not Mike? Well, fair enough. It was one of the Mikes. It was, it was Dashes, wasn't it? Yeah. Ah, oh, that's it. Dashes. What, what did they know? Only three. Only one of only one of their their nation became in the top three, four at, at the worlds or whatever. Yeah, that that one person might have won it as well. You I know, I know. But <laughs> he, also, he also wasn't playing Republic. He was playing Empire. No, no. Every. Like, so <laughs> joking, other honestly. other 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 than Evan and Austin, you know, we we uh. We, we, we should take the occasional notice of what they're doing. I acknowledge all of what you say, but I my brain as a, as a republic as a as a, a uh, republic player with more games under my belt with respect to the republic 
makes me go not sure. However, I acknowledge. Can't wait to beat you a secret mission. Okay. <laughs> and then, then no, I no. would come. So, here's the thing: though. Are you, are you, even if you say we can, say we end up playing each other, and, uh, <laughs> say we end up playing, say we end up playing each other, my mission would just be not to let you have a secret mission and just go see. I told you, and even if I lose, that doesn't, doesn't matter. Yeah, but then he's won because he's made you change a game plan. That's the whole point. And that'll be that that that'll be my uh, that'll be my fifth ever game with Republic. But you know, yeah. who's I, counting? No, I do get it. But uh, and, and I'm going to give you my I'll give you the sort of answer. If you are if if Padme's not when with not with the, her mates, and she's far away and she's not able to do her uh, like quick thinking kind of stuff, I am immediately thinking right that means the clones are easy to kill because she offers so much support that. Yeah, I, I I get the logic, but for me, if she's, if she's not with her mates, then it makes the rest of the army easier, supposedly, to kill, regardless of if Yoda's got barrier and all that kind of crap. It just instantly is just like, oh, you've lost your access to a dodge range. So that's just my opinion. Doesn't mean I'm right. I just think it's the thing is, Adam, are you uh, you've been sitting there observing, listening quietly. What 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 what, what do you think? I don't think I've. <laughs> I mean, you you guys are discussing this as pros uh i'm sitting here thinking who's leia um but, um i've not actually played leia before apart from once when you played a uh, cockles and she was a bit of a buff machine um and that was good i find that difficult to break down however i have been in lots of games where i've lost by a point or you know that extra that double point scoring unit would have made quite a difference i think i mean I say, coming from forty k background, you 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 get in rugby scores. You know, most of the time you get in seventy, eighty, ninety points. Quite often, there's not much in it. Um, well, there's quite a lot in it. Sorry. Whereas with Legion, it always seems to be much closer, and I think that's quite a quite an important um, and quite an important thing to do. Is you need to score points, and if you've got the opportunity to score a point, I can see where they're coming from with this one. Back to events. We'll move on from that one then. I acknowledge all points made, and we shall just see what happens. Ultimately, you two go. You two are going to Worlds, so there's a reason you two are going to Worlds, and I'm not. But it's because you play more games, probably. Um, but events. Uh, so obviously, Tom, you said yours. Let's just have a look at Legion Events app. So just looking at Shepherd's Bush, London, on on Saturday, September the sixth, December the sixteenth, eleven to eight p.m. Obviously, they run later because the stores open later. Uh, have a chat with uh, Elliot Thomas down there. Um, by the way, just as a side, if you ever want to talk to someone who is very insightful about building lists in a different way, I remember having this conversation. Talk to Elliot Thomas because he is when he spoke to me about his list building when I saw him in spoke to him in MK and Daventry. His um, thought process on list building was very interesting. So if you're in the London area and you're playing against him, just pick his brain about it. It was very interesting. Anyway, uh, <coughs> excuse me. Uh, another event, Sunday, tenth of December, uh, Southampton, Ward in the City. That is nine till eight, uh, and on the tenth of December, uh, something else. Let's go. Let's go up to north. Element Games is a skirmish one uh, on January sixth, nine till six, and that's Element. Then in Preston at Harlequins, you've got twenty seventh of January, nine, uh, uh, and it's a two day to world qualifier. Saturday, 27th of January, Sunday, 28th of January, at Harlequins. That would be Simon Fuller Love to talk to up there, I think. Am I right? Am I wrong? 
if it's Preston and Harlequins, then yeah. Yeah, no, there you go. That's just, just like making sure that's all good. Uh, right, penultimate subject. Uh, just uh, just want to know a quick quick subject on this one. Ollie, how do you think your fantasy team's doing in the football in the fantasy football world? Uh, I mean, reasonable considering I've I still not I've still not watched a game. Uh, um, Talk polite keeps messaging me, um, offering trades, and I've I still don't understand what he's talking about. He's like, he's like, I'll give you this and this, and then they're like, I, I don't understand, uh, LJ. I, I, I'm confused as hell. <laughs> what do you mean? I don't know what you mean. Uh, all right. So uh, moving on to Mr. Terrell. Where, how are we doing? Uh, oh, oh, oh! What's Fuck happened? Off. Oh, what's happened? It's shite. The game's a load of bollocks. The whole thing's <laughs> shit. <laughs> although, although to. Right to to, to to be fair, Andy, you're currently scoring higher than uh, Cockle's uh, partner this week, which is Mr. Matty Haslam, because you're playing him this week. Uh, oh, I'm not playing Haslam. Yeah, you're, play, you're playing Bithalo Bills, which he's, you know, keeps us his name throughout any f- football leagues. And if Cockles loses this week and I win, then as the UK teams, we're on e- exactly even scoring. Yeah, I'm on seven. I've won seven games, lost two. Weirdly, I'm on, this is one of the best ones. I'm um, playing Zeus Juice this week. Uh, yeah, you two. Uh, I'm on 6 3, I think. Yeah, uh, you're yeah. Who are you playing? You're six and three, so one six plus oh, three. Yeah. You're, yeah, you're going down, playing. Haslam. <laughs> I'm just gonna look at your. Look, I'm just gonna look at your team for a oh, second. Something that's really important. Um, uh, we've got to do a shout out, Ollie. Oh um, yeah, yeah, we, we, we do. <laughs> um, so uh, at at LGT, uh, one man earned himself a title, which Andy and I must bestow upon him, and this goes to the greatest, most fantastic, superb. Republic player in the entire world, ladies and gentlemen. We are of course, we, 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 well, world mate, come on now. Um, <laughs> we are, uh, we, we are of course referring to Matthew Haslam, the man, the myth, the legend. He is Kenoff. I cannot get enough of him. He's what? <laughs> he's he's Kenoff. Um, for Adam, if you if you've not seen his. Um, He's got. He's painted up a Padme like Barbie, and he's painted up an Obi Wan like Ken. So uh... right, and it's riding the nice. the, uh, the horse as well. Yeah. Like. <laughs> 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 and so uh, he is. Uh, he is. You know, Kenoff. Yeah, um, and that um, shout out and acknowledgement of his true accomplishments and skills um, is all um, purchasable to anyone else uh, for another round of shots. Jaeger bombs are the way to mine and Andy's heart. And if you're out with us this coming Saturday, which I'm sure some of you who listen to this will be, you will you you, you will hear the phrase "What time is it?" And one of us slurring will go, "You shut a clock." And if if you hear us at that point, uh, best of luck seeing us the following morning. (laughs) The shop will be open, but we may not be there. Well, that, we'll, we'll we'll try our best. We'll try our best. That will work out quite well. Uh, just so, just as, don't know how to burst your bubble there, Andy. But uh, 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 Mr. Haslam has yet to fill one, two, three, four of his team slots uh, for points. And given he's only like seventeen points behind you, that might make a difference, mate. So, good luck there. Uh, but given he's my team partner, it's, uh, I don't I don't wish him to. Uh, I, I hope he does well. You're playing. Uh, you're playing Keegan, Ollie. You've got Keegan, uh, so that would be quite fun. That should be fun. Um, he's two seven at the moment, so that's uh... he's lost. He's played one two, lost seven. Uh, 
he's got a few on by, but yeah, you should be in. But yeah, and I've got an I've got, got Zuzu, so we shall see what happens. I've, I've had I've had so many players just injured or like just out or on buys. I don't understand why there's buys. It's it's just because there's this has to just is because they play seventeen games in a season. There's, there's obviously an even number of teams in the league that doesn't work out that way. Um, just as a, a point of uh, order for you there, um, we have. There is one other person in this little collection that we have on screen here who is into their American football. But if you have injured players, Adam can sympathise as his Los Angeles Chargers fan, and they are perpetually injured. Absolutely, they they like they don't like ACLs. Uh, they quite like busting knees open and things like that. However, my team is five and four at the moment, so I've got a winning record on top of the league, my my little league there. Um, but yeah, uh, bye weeks suck. <laughs> uh, American footballers are part timers. I mean, how he can only get away with working 17 weeks of a year is quite unbelievable as far as I'm concerned. Um, but uh, I'm quite enjoying it so far. I have discovered my squad lacks a bit of depth, unfortunately, so I have struggled in a couple of weeks. I, I look forward to hearing our American friends on Stabcast and other part of the show say, what, 17 weeks of the year? That don't work that much. So, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's on entertaining. Anyway, so that's the little... Co- oh, Cockles, where, where, where are you at in our other league? Oh, who, oh God! Uh, where's that one? Uh, that one is—I'm not doing very well in that one. Uh, that one, I am three and six, uh, and I'm playing. I'm playing someone this. Well, I lost. I got absolutely hammered by a hundred points this week um, to the team that's currently leading the league with eight and one. So, well, yeah. I think I think I'm only like four and five. No, nah, and 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 Tyreek Hill is out this week, so that's. Uh... That's yes, not a... are they on Miami Dolphins are on buy, so yeah, you. That's what I think. And my my only replacements are either out or on injured reserve. <laughs> wah, so, wah, wah. Yeah, so that's not though. ideal. Have I got no. Oh, I do have another kicker. Yeah. Anyway, I'll let you carry on there. We'll finish the show. Um, if you have any events and things you wish to publicise uh, or let us know about, please feel free to let us know on our social media channels. Uh, that's when we're in podcast and all that kind of stuff. Um, Ollie, if you want people to contact you and let them know how to, about um, sponsorship, I uh, they can contact you and say, hey, what sponsorship? How can they contact you? Uh, so you can pop an email through to our Gmail, uh, which is that's no moon pod at gmail.com. Um, you can message us on our Facebook page um, and you can message me on the Discord at cbt3 that's no moon. Uh, and have you, have you said hello to Crispin? Uh, yes and no. Um, I'm posting some stuff tomorrow and then letting him know that I've posted it. <laughs> oh, there you go. Uh, Tom, if people want to contact you and they want to look at our amazing videos, where can they do such a thing? Uh, if you want to contact me, I'm at Tom Smithy Smith on the Discord um, because I couldn't think of anything more original. Uh, YouTube is youtube.com forward slash at TNM pod. Um, you can also probably find me looking after our Instagram, which is um, at That's No Moon Podcast. Uh, I'm going to speak on behalf of Andy, who's gone to feed his dog, ready for fattening her up for eating his Christmas dinner. Uh, if you <coughs> want to talk to Andy, he's at AJST on uh, Discord. Uh, he won't respond on Facebook because he's a horrible, horrible individual. He probably won't respond on Twitter because I don't know if he has Twitter. But yeah, you can go AJST on Discord and find him on there. He's also a writer for the Fifth Trooper blogs. Uh, and he's been working on something with Christoph, friend of the show from Poland. Uh, so I look forward to seeing what they're doing. I can't remember. He said that he wanted some data, or that I can't remember what it was. Can you remember what it was, Tom Ali? What is this? Um, what Tom? It's Christoph. Uh, Tom and Christoph are working on. Yeah. 
Yeah, so um, so essentially, Kristoff's been through all of the events um, since the last points update, and he's just trying to sort out any of the corrupted lists, um, so we're just having to re-enter them by hand. What an um, absolute hero for doing stuff with them like that. He is Mr. He is He's Mr. Stats. He is Mr. Stats. He is the Stato with the most O. I don't know what reminds me right. The Stato. Uh, Adam, you've had your first time on the show. Maybe the first ever met once or twice in the future. Who knows? How have you found it? Excellent. I've, I've learned loads, to be quite honest. It's, it's good to hang out with you guys. Like I say, um, the culture's really good. Um, I'm starting to get into a new, new faction as well. So uh, someone who's done well. Uh, making that list as well. Ollie made that list earlier on. I'm quite happy to have a crack at that, to be quite honest. I mean, that's how I'm going to learn how to use Empire again. So um, I'll, I'll follow that up and uh, I'll come back and see how it goes. I'll see, if, see what I can play, even if it's a few casual games, and just see how it goes. I like the fact that you said you've learned a lot, given that you're a teacher. So the irony is that it's, you're the one who does the teaching normally. It's the uh, it's the role reversal today, so it worked out quite well. Yes, unfortunately, uh, when I do learn new things, it pushes old stuff out of my head, so um, I have forgotten how to drive. It's a day of irony. Andy had to leave for a minute to feed his dog, to, you know, and usually it's the dog's having to come in and feed him. <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs> uh, don't worry, Andy, you've done your outro already, unless you have anything else you want to shout out. Woof. There you go. Uh, I've been Cockles Talk, you can find me on Discord at Cockles Talk and Facebook Cockles Talk and Twitter and all that kind of crap. Uh, feel free messages and all that stuff uh, you'll see me uh, in a couple of weeks time in t- Tabletop Republic where Tom is not going to fix the round one pairings and pair me with Ollie and we'll see what a, rep- a good old rep-, rep off a rep off there we go um, thanks for listening again if you want to support what we do please go to our Patreon patreon.com forward slash lifetime moon where supporters help make more videos help make more podcasts and buy some materials so hopefully we can do some streaming things at future events and commentate and all that sort of stuff so you can take in more of your star wars legion content with us uh, in the meantime thanks for listening goodbye you've been listening to that's no moon a star wars legion podcast to keep up to date with us please like and follow us on facebook that's no moon a star wars legion podcast and instagram That's No Moon Podcast.